Shime, how do you not rejoin with Smell Yo D? That's what Wiggy wanted. That doesn't sound appropriate. And Curtis's dumbest of the day was from China Grove, North Carolina. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it's Mike Milbury time, and Mike Milbury is brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh by findmassmoney.gov, and by John Sewer, the name to know when your drains don't flow. And he joins us this morning on the Harbor One Hotline, as he will every Thursday during this NHL season. Hey, Mike. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing okay. The, certain things in the world confuse me, mm-hmm. like how some countries are invaded by other countries and the rest of the world protects the country that did the invading. That's mm-hmm. confusing to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's confusing how this kid who's got moved up to the second line is called Potra, and his name is P-O-I-T-R-A-S. Uh-huh. Like that, that confuses me. Well, I will say this. It sounds like Monty may have been listening to you on this program when you suggested that very thing. Well, I don't know if he listened to me or somebody else, but I'm glad he did it because yeah. this is the opportunity that that he needs to provide this guy to see what he's got going forward and whether he's ready or whether he will be ready in the future. And there's no time like now where the, the holes were created by the retirements of Kretschy and Bergeron and... Go for it, man. I mean, you only live once. Well, and I mean, it is early, but is it possible that Don Sweeney has found his first and second line center and then would not have to go out, you know, trade-wise or uh, over the summer and spend a lot of money on one? It's it's possible, but I'm not sure that it's likely. I'm, I'm going to have a long way to go before I think that Pavel Zaka is a first or second line mm-hmm. centerman. I mean, he's a pretty heady guy, but he's he's got a lot to prove still, and so does Potra. Still confused by that spelling. <laughs> Mike, if you're Montgomery, like, how long do you let this experiment go before you kind of make the decision? Is there like a time limit, or is this just something that you have to give him a lot of time uh, or give these young guys a lot of time to see if they are the guys? I think you need to give them quite a bit of time to to make sure you've you've got the right read on it. Um, but I think um, it's 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 a funny thing watching young players play. They 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 evolve, and you you can just witness it. And then you could just sit back and and make an evaluation, but it will take, you know, it'll take some time. He's not going to be used to the pace of the game, the 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 schedule that's so grinding, the travel that's that's. Now you know, they just went out to the West Coast. They're going to be there for you know whatever a week or so, and then they're going to head back. And all those things factor into how he performs and how he how he handles that it will be very important to. Uh, Montgomery and Cam Neely and, and Don Sweeney and their evaluation of where this thing is going to go. But I I think for sure it's going to take, you know, months, not weeks to, to make an accurate description. But, you know, sometimes you just have to wait and, and evaluate on what you see and uh, the player will determine that. So I guess it's an uncertain timeline, but I'd say longer than, than sooner. Speaking of Cam Neely, he compared Charlie McAvoy to Ray Bork this week, but he did say that he needs to. He'd like to see him shoot the puck more. You agree? It, it's never a bad play to shoot the puck, and McAvoy seems to want to look for different things to 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 do with it, and and that's a good thing. Being heads up and seeing the whole 
the whole version of the ice is is always a positive. But um, you know what did Gretzky say? Something like if the hundred percent of the shots that you don't shoot don't go in. Yeah. And so, shoot the puck. It's it's not a bad play. And you know, I re- recall in the last game, you know, throwing the puck at the net to Van Riemsdyk and and his little tip, little redirection. Um, that's the way it goes. Get it to the net is is a, one of the basic principles of the game, and he he doesn't do it enough. You you agree with the Ray Bork comparison? I'm not there yet. Okay. I mean, this guy this guy Bork was 22 years in the league and. Practically every year was a first or second team all-star. This guy was a, a, a force of nature physically. I mean, he was just incredible to watch, incredible to coach. I mean, it was just too easy for a coach to be behind the bench and say, okay, Ray, you're up, or just wait for Ray to get a stand up and go. It was, it was nothing. There was nothing to coaching this guy. And, and from the very first day, and I think I've mentioned this, my the very first practice at training camp I watched Ray play and I was I was just astounded at how good he was how mature he was physically and mentally he made every right play I said oh my god this is this is a special player this was a Dennis Potvin kind of look-alike and and play-alike and he proved that to be true over the course of a couple of decades Mike, with the lines all being moved around, uh, Jim Montgomery said that Charlie Coyle shouldn't take that as a demotion. In your mind, do you think it's a demotion, and do you think in Charlie's mind it is? I, I guess I would say that I, if I were Charlie Coyle, I would be a little disappointed because, and, and I don't know what the conversations were over the course of the summer, but um, he probably thought he was going to play with some pretty special players and he's still going to play with some pretty good players but uh, on the other hand I think it was it's not maybe hurtful to Charlie a little bit emotionally but I think it was a mistake on the part of the Bruins to put him there in that position and they they probably put him there because of the lack of apparent alternatives until Potra became available and looked like he was going to be something of a an alternative Um, but you know what? He's the, one of the best third-line centers in the league, and I would have said that to him over the summer, and I said, you may get pushed to second line, but you're probably going to go back to where you're you're best suited, and, you know, so don't take this emotionally, but it, you're a player, and you, you have feelings, and I think he probably thinks it sucks. It's going to be a decision to make when it comes to Jake DeBrusque. What do you, what do you need to see from him this season? Commitment. Speed. Of course, goal scoring, of course, but commitment every game. I, I want him to be visible, not not just a once in a while guy. I think if you you know commit yourself to a team and to um, you know to a line or to a, a role on a team, and you be, you become visible, you f- start to feel a, a big part of it. He needs to become uh, one of the solid foundation pieces of this team, and this is a really good year to show it. Mike, when you look at Potra and the challenges of being a, a center on this team, what what's the biggest challenge for him? Is it going to be the defensive side of the ice? It's going to be, you know, trying to replace a guy that was able to have great chemistry with Brad Marchand and being an offensive presence? What's the biggest challenge that you see 
uh, for him, especially now that he's up on the uh, uh, be, uh, playing alongside Masha? The defensive side, I, th- I think you know this, uh, Wiggy. It's, it, the defensive side is hard work, dedication, a little bit of intelligence, and you know coordination. We talked about this a little bit last week, as I, I mentioned, John Rattel, coordination with your defenseman. But the the art form of the game and the object of the game is to score goals. He has to find ways to feed the puck to his wingers to get the, get them open and in positions where they can shoot and score. And then when he has the puck, to to shoot and score himself. I mean, it, it's that's what a first or second line center does. If he doesn't do that, he's no good. He can't he can't be in that position. And so his focus should be on that. The defense will come. I think it will take some time. You you learn some lessons defensively, uh, but it's just you know nose to the grindstone kind of stuff. But the offensive stuff is what they're looking for because that's. What's that's what wins games. Uh, this will probably be Wiggy's lead tomorrow, but uh, <laughs> there was a re- <laughs> there was a report this week that Edmonton inquired about Allmark over the summer and might do so again now because of their goaltending situation. Would you, if you were Don Sweeney, would you listen there and would you deal one of your goaltenders? I would deal Allmark. I think Swayman is the guy to keep, and I think Allmark is the guy to go. And I think I, I think you you have a too many riches in that department. You don't need it. You could find a couple guys, and you've got some in your organization that could step up and play as, as a twenty game goaltender. And if you don't, if that guy is not good enough, then you can find somebody else. But Swayman is the future. Uh, Swayman has the the age. And already the maturity. You know, I met him a little bit in, in the last week or so, and he was really he was really an impressive kid. But if they can get a useful piece for Allmark, um, I, I'm all in. I just don't think they need to have two goaltenders. And if there's a market for a guy like Allmark who's proven, at least in a, the short time that he's been there, that he can be a number one goaltender and somebody needs one, and they can get a fill in the blank. An up and coming centerman would be my first my, my first request. Yeah. But if that's not it, um, there's still plenty of other places you can use people and and, and prospects or draft picks. But uh, yeah, go for it. Pull the trigger as soon as as soon as the uh, the fruit is ripe. Uh, sharing that you met him reminds me. What did you think of the Century team, the All Century team? Were you, was it spot on in your mind? So well, we close, were pretty close, awesome. weren't we? <laughs> we were. Yeah, we were pretty close. But you know that. I mean, how could we have talked about Bill Cowley or Dick Clapper? And then I went. I actually looked up some of their statistics, and it's very impressive. <laughs> the Clapper was like he was like a a rover. He went from defense to forward and and back again. It was it was a that was a curveball. Well, and the only two guys that I thought that were really, you know, I think generated my interest were Rattel and Oates. I mean, o- o- I talked to Adam. He was a little, I'm not going to say upset, but he said, <laughs> I had 140 points when I came here one year. 140 <laughs> points. That's yeah. amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I guess those are the two guys that I was a little bit, you know, unhappy for. But, you know, you got to give a nod to the past. It's an all-centennial team, not an all-decade team. Also, I don't know if you were listening, but we just learned on this show 
that Dit Clapper is what Mrs. Wiggins does when Wiggy gets home after a night out. <laughs> That's such a great hockey name, though. Oh, my God. It is really. It's a great name. What's up, I I go to a lot of dark places, but not there. All right. Mike Milbury, great having you back on the show, and we will talk to you again next week. All right, kids. Be happy. All right. There he is, Mike Milbury. And if you miss any interview on this radio show or this radio station, can always go back and hear it on the Odyssey app, and you should download the Odyssey app. It's A U D A C Y, and then you can listen to us from anywhere at any time. You can also stream this show every morning at weei.com, and you can ask your smart device to play 93.7 WEI.